From one coast to another, it's Cavern. Kevin. Vernus Hemingway. Uh, Kevin, it's it's been a while uh, since we last recorded. Yes, it's been a while. This is the uh, the first record that we've been doing since our show launched. Oh, goodness. Yes, you're correct. Our very uh, up-to-date show with all of the, the up-to-the-minute talking points. Yes, the, uh, the show where in the third episode we talk about last year's winner of Best Picture, The Green Book, um, as if Parasite didn't happen, uh, where we talk about the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yep, uh, uh, up to the day, both of course released in uh, March of 2020. Yes, yes. Uh, very in the in the great content wars where where getting in first is almost more important than <laughs> actually saying anything at all. Uh, I am glad that we have decided to completely move in the opposite direction. Where where getting in first uh, in a way is more important than quality. Uh, in a show where we don't care too much about the quality. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh yes in, in a in a in a in a landscape of podcasts where you and i have spent uh multiple episodes completely talking uh about uh several movies from the 70s and almost nothing that has come out since then uh i'm glad uh that we uh are at this are at this pace are in this way uh in a, in a world where uh jokes a more than a week old are not seen as stale and old hat <laughs> Uh, I, just two nights ago, I, I edited an episode. It's our longest episode so far. It's a 41 minute long episode. And you better believe all, like, there's 35 of that minutes, 35 minutes of that episode that talk exclusively about the Rocky movies. And (laughs) the most recent one came out two years ago. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and you better believe that I, uh, have not seen any of the recent ones. My, <laughs> my knowledge of the Rocky movies does indeed end at Rocky Balboa. No slight. I've heard everything that comes after that is just peachy. Just never got around to it myself. It's a, it's a thing. We are just, uh, up, up to the minute, live, local, late breaking, uh, podcasts. Uh, what had happened, uh, was... Kevin and I got this idea for this show and we were really excited about it. And we got so excited and we're like, all right, cool. Let's start recording it right away. Uh, with little thought put to the fact that like, Oh, uh, there's going to be a month and a half where I'm just completely unavailable. And, and then at some point, uh, both before that month and a half and after, um, you and I, despite being available, ourselves individuals we became completely unavailable to each other and just i think this is the seventh or eighth time that we've like we're going to record (laughs) so Uh uh uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, truly you and I are uh, Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett in uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, where it does indeed take a lifetime for our two lives to line up. We And then uh, before we rapidly spiral off in opposite directions. Yeah, that's, uh, and, and, you know, that's... Uh, and much he, like Kate Blanchett in one scene of Benjamin Button, I did almost get hit by a car yesterday. Oh, shit! Okay. <laughs> I did, uh, I did almost get hit by Dexcam. Uh, luckily, I was in uh, that uh, uh, backwinding story of Benjamin Button rather than the scene where Kate Blanchett does indeed get hit by a car. <laughs> I was. Uh, this is my sliding doors. I, w- I was. This was 
one of the things I wanted to talk about was just like, what, what, what have we been up to since the last time? And uh, so you almost got hit by a car. I mean, that is the beginning and the end of the story. I was on my oh, way to work God. in the morning. I was crossing the street and a taxi cab and I uh, disagreed about whose turn it was to go. Uh, so I, I was almost uh, hit by a car. Uh, uh, God bless brake pads. Uh, ev- you know, get them changed, everybody, or keep them on. Whichever is the right thing to do. Uh, make sure your brakes are in fine working order, uh, uh, or uh, uh, or don't, so I don't have to go to work. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> now, Be- beats working. That would be my big thing if I was waylaid in the hospital, accruing a mountain of medical bills and debt. <laughs> Uh, you know, barely hanging on to the jaws of life. Uh, uh, but I would uh, always be saying, beats working. Uh, so, you know, I'd be a hit in the hospital. <laughs> now, uh, Kevin, part of the uh, the gimmick of this podcast is we're on separate coasts. And you are on the you're on the New York side of the United States. I'm EST, when, baby. When you were almost hit by a taxi cab, did you slam your hands down on the hood of the car and shout, I'm walking here? <laughs> Um, no, I was a bad New Yorker that day. See, here's oh, the thing. Gotcha. Here's the thing about that. See, here's the thing. Um, now I know that it was Dustin Hoffman. He was, he was in the moment. He was, he was ad-libbing. Perhaps it was something he had indeed seen in his own time as a New Yorker when he was a, a, a landmark of the New York stage. Uh, but before he decided to drop out of the producers to do The Graduate, uh, you know, before, before that landmark case, um, you know, here's the thing. If you start hitting hoods in New York City, you start any any driver that makes a, a rough move and you start beating up on their car, you just do not know the, the mental state of the person inside of the car. <laughs> that is how you get murdered. That is how at 8.45 a.m. you might get hit with a baseball bat. That might happen if you start hitting hoods in New York City. I, uh, I, uh, there was someone in town, someone I didn't really know who was with someone I knew, and this guy would not stop yelling at cars like he was a, a dog that had been given human form. Like, he would just... <laughs> He was just taunting these cars, and he was like, watch where you're going! He would just be screaming at these people. And I'm like, if this guy starts getting assaulted by a, a, a mad driver, I am not helping him. He deserves everything that is coming to him if he believes that that this is the way he's supposed to behave. And in between those moments where a baseball bat is being shoved down his throat and he's shouting, Kevin, you're saying, who's Kevin? I don't know who, I don't who's know who this guy is. Are you Kevin? And I'm just like looking at everyone else around. Is that, are you Kevin? Um, I guess no, people, no, sorry. people forget that like, uh, and oh, it's always good to bring up stuff like this on our, on our happy podcast where we just shoot the shit. But people yeah. forget that before 9-11... New York's reputation was that it was a very mean place, and there was a... I think that is our main reputation. It's really the pizza and that. Yes, pizza and meanness. Um, And that that, that post-9-11 niceness dried up, like, three years after 9-11, and now it's right back to meanness, but people don't... Now... Well, like people, whenever they think of New York, they just think of, you know, 9-11 now. They don't think about, you know, uh, you know, taxi driver or things like that anymore. Yeah, they don't and, think about all those rude customers, those rude dudes with Tude. Uh, and, and they do not realize that, you know, go back and watch a movie set in New York anytime between the 60s and the 80s. 
uh, that's still how it is. It's just cleaner. <laughs> like it's yeah. still, it's still, <laughs> I crime is rapidly down, but yeah, there's no pornography theaters in Times Square. Now Times Square is the fucking M&M store. Now <laughs> Times Square is a TGI Fridays, but in that TGI Fridays, you still might get knifed. You still yes. might, if you are a Ninja Turtle wearing a trench coat and a hat, you might get beat up in the park. And hopefully you have Raphael's-esque skills to defend yourself uh, and, and quips to throw out like, Jose Canseco bet? You know, if you're lucky, you've got those in the tank. Or at least, you know, Casey Jones there to uh, to back you up. Whoops. Um, I, uh, that's I am... my favorite Casey Jones delivery. Whoops. <laughs> and he crushes Shredder in a, in a, in a big dump truck. There was uh, one night where my my friend, uh, my old friend Mark and I, uh, this is, you know, when I were, we were living in, I would, you know what, I was going to blame this on living in the Midwest and having nothing to do, but this would happen anywhere in my life with me. Um, but Mark and I watched all four of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Um, of Old. The, well, <laughs> of the original chronology, not the, the new ones. Not uh, the made-for-TV movie uh, where they added a sexy girl turtle with boobs. Yes. Um, not, not, uh, not Turtles n- Forever, the uh, the Foxbox original movie. No, not TMNT, the CG animated movie with Patrick Stewart. Not <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then subsequently Out of the Shadows. Well, TMNT, the CG animated one, is a part of the original chronology. It is considered a fourth... Uh, movie, uh, a to fourth the, movie. Yes, that is is weirdly enough, it is part of the uh, the timeline of the original. That's crazy. Movies. So it it follows along. You know, we're we're in the world of Orokusaki, uh, who has been <laughs> uh, post uh, becoming Super Shredder and and crushed by a, a crashing dock. Um, you know, post. Uh, the Turtles the going back to Feudal Japan. <laughs> yeah, going back to Feudal Japan. Uh, how Now, you've seen it probably more recently than I am. How many Turtle Soup jokes are there in the third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Uh, the only joke I can remember from the third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, um, and I, I say joke in the most generous terms, uh, they're in <laughs> Feudal Japan. The four mm. Turtles are in Feudal Japan, so really just before media of any sort. And someone approaches the four Ninja Turtles and Raphael says, who were you expecting? The Adams family? (laughs) (laughs) To to someone in feudal Japan. And (laughs) that joke was really just for Raph. You know, that that was was just for him. That was one. That was a way Homer. Well, you're forgetting the deep lore of Ninja Turtles where in fact, the Adams family uh, are a, are an archaic legend passed down from generation to generation in each generation, we did need and did indeed need to learn the lessons of families that were creepy and kooky. You know, it, you know the the cavemen had their own Adams family, uh, but they called them. And uh, you know. <laughs> there was cave paintings of a of a creature that was head to toe in hair and like a walking hand. Uh, yeah, and, and those and, legends evolved over time. You know, the Adams clan, uh, the the great ship Adams. It it it, it, it transcended time and space. It's uh, 
one of the earliest, like at the earliest weddings, at the earliest like formal weddings, like they would do the babushka or the mamushka, excuse me, the mamushka dance. Yes. Uh, was it mamushka or was it babushka? I can't remember. Uh, well, babushka fun... is just like a Russian uh, uh, term for like this a grandmother. Term. So I am guessing that it is the mamushka. Like a mummy, like a mummy would do. There was three sitcoms, maybe, I can't remember the plot of the Coneheads movie, so maybe four, but there were- No, there isn't one. That's why you forgot it. Okay, gotcha. Well, there were three sitcoms that were brought back as movies in the 1990s, where the plot of the first one of those movies is- a greedy real estate person is trying to con the family out of their house. Uh, oh, that was that was everyone's favorite plotline for a long <laughs> time. Greedy uh, real estate people that wanted that sweet sweet property. Uh, something that you know we could we could all relate to now. Uh, it happens in the Adams family. It happens in the Beverly Hillbillies, and it happens in the in the in the Brady Bunch movie. Uh, yes, and with. Uh, and it's weird too because uh, the Adams family values is superior in every single way to the uh, the first Adams family movie. Indeed. Um, the uh, but I oh Kevin, I recently watched the uh, and by recently I mean a couple months ago. But I watched the the Brady Bunch movie uh, a couple months ago. Sure. And sure, Jan. <laughs> speaking of Jan, she is so fucking funny in that movie. The actress who plays Jan in the very, in the Brady Bunch movie is maybe the greatest comedic actress I've ever seen. Goodness, I mean, let's she, you know, let's give let's give some credit. Brady Bunch, <laughs> it's, uh, Brady Bunch movie with Shelley Long and Gary Cole. You yes. can do worse than Shelley Long and Gary Cole. I mean, uh, I'll they tell you are, that much right now. They're almost the perfect like. The perfect Brady's, like yes. Uh, Christine Taylor, of course, played Marsha. Uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Stiller's wife. Yeah, the future Mrs. Stiller. Uh, Jennifer Elise Cox is your Jan. And I don't know how she didn't like. I don't know how she didn't blow up after that first movie. She is she uh she Spider Man two subway sequence holds that movie together. <laughs> like. <laughs> And she does it now, uh, now, so no, no, no. well. I, I, I ask uh, you to clarify that metaphor. Are you saying that the film Spider-Man 2 does not hold up without the subway sequence? Or are you saying that Jan Brady is at the front of the subway car, desperately holding on, trying to save all of these people from Dr. Octopus? The second. The second. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the second Spider-Man movie... Uh, I think most people consider that to be the best one, uh, and it is. Of, but also uh, the, of of cinema, yes, it is the best. We just peaked in, in general. <laughs> we peaked uh, at Spider Man Two, but I would say certainly of the original Tridge, I believe Spider Man Two is the one that is held up. Yes, um, and of course, no one likes except for me and you. No one likes the third one. Love Spider Man Three. <laughs> uh, Love. La, they're like, he's not cool as Venom. I'm like, yeah, he's Peter Parker. He's congenitally incapable of being cool. He it cannot is, do it. This is what he thinks a cool guy would do. Precisely. Uh, and it, it is rules. <laughs> it is what the dorkiest, biggest nerdlinger of all time would think is cool. And that's why like, it's that's not why it cool. rules so hard. I mean, Peter Parker, uh, with the swoopy hair doing the dance... Uh, now dig on this and uh, <laughs> slapping his girlfriend. I mean, we've seen it over and over again when nerds become rich. That that is essentially <laughs> what they do. 
Look at Elon Musk and tell me he is not a living embodiment of the symbiote Peter Parker sequence from Spider-Man 3. Yeah, Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3 is essentially Martin Shkreli. Uh, yes! Like, <laughs> I mean, the haircut. The it's, same face. It's all there. You know, he... Yeah, and, and remember that scene where uh, Peter Parker buys the Wu-Tang Clan album? <laughs> well, <laughs> The one uh, that no one else can have? He doesn't buy it. He he swoops in and, and snatches it up with his web. Uh, but yeah. he does get the only copy of it. Uh-huh. He snatches I, it with his web like that guy that's trying to eat the pizza out the box uh, in Spider-Man 2. Uh, and then uh, and then the pe- good people at that office that Zoe, uh, that uh, uh, Emily Deschanel works at uh, get a nice webby slice for their time. Uh, Kevin, uh, speaking of Wu-Tang Clan, uh, you just reminded oh. me. Um, I just watched The Dead Don't Die the other night. Um... It, uh, was that the Jarmish zombie flick? That is the Jarmish zombie flick. I missed that one. How is? Well, uh, in a in a well, what first off, what reminded me of it uh, of of this movie is that um, RZA of the Wu Tang Clan is in Rizza. the Dead Don't Die. Rizza, excuse me. Um, Rizza. Yes, it is the, phonetic. <laughs> uh, I, I. By the way, folks, I'm Caucasian. Uh, <laughs> Rizza of the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, is in the dead don't die and he is a delivery driver and instead of working for ups he works for woo ps which is the (laughs) 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 it's a puffin joke come to life um uh but uh the dead don't die uh that's the best part of the whole movie is rosa being a delivery driver (laughs) for woo ps um (laughs) But uh, The Dead Don't Die is, when I was in early college, I made a monster movie with my friends called Mish. Um, mm-hmm. and I Mish, watched Mish. Okay, um, I'm sorry. Um, Mish <laughs> is not a good movie by any means at all, but I look back at it fondly and I watch it often because, like, it's me hanging out with my friends, and it represents just a really fun time in my life. Um, the Dead Don't Die is Jim Jarmusch's Mish. It's not. Uh-huh. It's not a good movie, but it's him and all his friends playing together. So uh, on on that note, it's it's a wonderful movie. It's just like frustrating on every other level. It's frustrating on a technical level. Frustrating on you know every other level. But it's it's. You get to see Adam Driver and Bill Murray pretend to be police officers for an hour and a half, and that's wonderful. Uh, there's nothing better than Adam Driver walking into a diner and seeing two people completely, like, these corpses that have been completely devoured by zombies, and Adam Driver sees them and he says, Oh, yuck! And that's it. <laughs> uh, oh, Adam. I and, love you, Adam. You know... I, 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 I got to take something back. I said Riza as a WPS driver was the best part of the movie. I take that back. The best part of the movie is Tilda Swinton, a char- her character, uh, a Scottish samurai. Uh-huh. Uh, she's from Scotland, but she, uh, she carries a samurai sword, a katana, and she uh, just cuts zombies' heads off left and right. And uh, Tilda Swinton playing, you know, just playing uh, Scottish Samurai is lots of fun. But uh, 
if you never watch The Dead Don't Die, you you won't really have missed out on anything. Ah, damn. Well, that is a disappointment. But uh, watch it. But okay, it's not. It's it's a it's a hangout movie. It's a glorified home movie. But it's you know it's all fine. It's a glorified home movie with Adam Driver and Bill with Adam Murray, Driver, Bill Murray, the RZA, the RZA, uh, Tilda, Tilda Swinton, Swinton Danny uh, Selena Glover, Gomez, Danny Glover, Steve Buscemi, uh, Chloe Sevigny, uh, uh, Caleb Landry, Caleb Landry Jones, a an actor who uh, was in nothing and then was suddenly working with the greatest filmmakers of our time just overnight. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, who went somehow in the course of a few years from a deep uh, supporting character in X-Men First Class uh, to to catapulting to stardom. Uh, well, stardom uh, in quotations in uh, Get Out. Uh, the I think uh, we finally realized that this guy uh, looks weird and acts weird <laughs> and should be cast as a weirdo. Yes. Uh, our new great cinematic weirdo, uh, Caleb Landry Drones, and God help me if you put him and Lakeith Stanfield together as co-weirdos, uh, what a film you would have on your hands. Uh, well, technically... They are both in Get Out, but yeah, they, I was say, I, they don't really share a lot of screen time. Yeah, uh, their, their screen time is Lakeith Stanfield getting hit over the head with a... With a tennis racket or with a uh, lacrosse racket or whatever, and then uh, dragged into a car. Something. <laughs> Some yeah, uh, yeah. Caleb Landry Jones, who just like he went from working in X Men First Class to like working with Jim Jarmusch and David Lynch and and Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project, and just like uh, just became a real like. Art house cinema guy from out of nowhere, and I'm happy Suddenly for the guy. CLJ, he's everywhere. Uh, he he had a uh, a Pattinson esque trajectory, um, but he just never uh, uh, achieved the Pattinson level of of stardom. Certainly, uh, but uh, God bless your Robert Pattinsons, your Daniel Radcliffe's, um, your your Kristen Stewarts, uh, who yeah. sort of took. Um, the carte blanche of being phenomenally rich while still being very, very young and very, very famous uh, and uh, have completely opted out of the traditional methods of stardom from there uh, and have chosen to be sort of the unsung saviors of independent cinema, of weirdo cinema. Uh, And instead of getting a new franchise or becoming action stars in their own right. You know, Daniel Radcliffe chose to play a farting corpse. Um, <laughs> I'm not, uh, and this, I might, a lot of folks might lose respect for me after saying this, but I'm not a big Harry Potter person. Um, mostly just because I'm old and I don't understand it. Um, but I am forever indebted to the Harry Potter series because everything that we've gotten after those movies with those kids has been something I've absolutely loved. Um, Emma Watson uh, is incredible in Little Women. I love Swiss Army Man. You know, like, Robert Pattinson was in a Harry Potter movie, and then along that same trajectory, he became the other guy in The Lighthouse. Uh, I'm very thankful for those movies that I do not understand at all on any level. Yeah, that Pattinson has chosen to, uh, uh, you know, 
bring the Safty brothers into another level of filmmaking by making good time. Yeah. Uh, that, it, you know, he's working with Nolan, he's working with all these different people. Uh, when he could have become a very bland movie star in his own right, but has chosen to become a great weirdo, and I respect that. Now that he's Batman, and boy howdy, the last two days of my life have been seeing people have a lot of opinions about Batman's new costume, uh, something you could not pay me to care about. Um... (laughs) I cannot wait to see him take his big old Batman check and then he'll go run and make a movie about pedophiles or whatever and it'll be great. Yeah. I, um, God bless him. You do one for business and you do one for art. And uh, if this means we're in, entering into a whole new era of um, Robert Pattinson stars in a movie about left-handed mattress makers, like, I'm fine with it. Um, same with... Uh, Paul Dano being in that movie. Uh, For sure. I recently just realized, like, huh, so many movies that I absolutely love and that have impacted me and changed my life have Paul Dano in them, so I guess he's my favorite actor. Uh, <laughs> I guess like, by by just the, the, the cards that I've been dealt, I guess I love Paul Dano? It's like, I, I can't in good faith say, like, man, I really love Little Miss Sunshine, where the wild things are, love and mercy, um, there will be blood. I can't say, like, I really love those movies and not think, like, well, yeah, Paul Dano is my favorite actor because he's the, he's the one thread between all four of those. He he, he must be. He and uh, Caleb Landry Jones kind of fill a similar uh, uh, void um, in that you... And I, I mean no offense to the great Paul Dano. You're a great actor. I hear you're a great director when I say this. But take take no ill will, Mr. Dano. But there is almost no one who pops into a movie and you want to see get cold cocked harder. <laughs> you just want to see that little rat bastard get a, a knuckle sandwich. He does And it's have his a, greatest skill. Yeah, he does have a, a, a Martin Shkreli kind of face. He does. He does. And same he, haircut. God, and... God bless him. I love him. And and I think he's a very empathetic actor, capable of a lot of, like, really deep emotion and range. But you also just really want someone to beat a pool cue over his head and watch yeah. it snap. And, and that's just, that's one of his greatest skills. It is not a negative. No, that's, it's absolutely fair, like... As much as I can relate to him as Brian Wilson in Half of Love and Mercy, as much as I can relate to him, or at least a young teenage Vern could relate to him in Little Miss Sunshine, as much as I could relate to his his character and Where the Wild Things Are, like, it felt good in every single one of those movies where he got his comeuppance. Yeah, and you, there will be blood, you know, you just get this satisfactory moment where someone beats him to death with a bowl, with a, with a, with a bowling pin, and, and it's incredible. It's, it's a skill. He's the Dennis Farina of punchable little dudes. <laughs> this guy you can just call on, he'll come in, he'll do his thing, he'll knock it out of the fucking park, he'll be one of the most watchable parts of your whole damn movie. And usually you'll get to see him get beat up. And I guess there's some sort of like sadomasochist streak in our DNA where we can relate to this guy, but also we want him to get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> it just like we we feel the well. It's been documented on this very podcast that we don't have high opinions of ourselves. So <laughs> it all tracks. It all it all makes sense. I I you know we we. 
we we know our place and we know uh, 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 our end is coming. Our comeuppance shall come swiftly. Uh, and that is and that is a great. Hey Vern, how are you? Uh, uh, I'm doing well. You asked I, me how I was. I never asked you. I I think it's really wonderful how uh, this. And, and this is real life. This isn't us doing a bit for a podcast. This is real life. This is how Kevin and I catch up. Like yeah. We very rarely, if ever, know what's going on in each other's personal lives, but we keep in contact with each other a lot. It's just always talking about movies and doing bits. Here's the uh, thing. I'm a very boring man. I, yeah, I am not yeah. interesting. I, I, I go to work. My work is not interesting. Uh, uh, I have my little projects, I have my little friends, but I do not live a particularly interesting or jet-setting life. It's why, it, one of many reasons I will never be a successful stand-up comedian, I have no interesting stories. I am not an interesting man. Uh, 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 and that's okay, and I know that. And so that is how I choose, you know, uh, uh, instead, uh, we, we, uh, throw bits at each other and yell about Paul Dano. And that yeah. is how I, that is how I choose to, that's how I prefer to live my life, earnestly. There, there was a, there was a time in my life where I was that, you know, young, dumb kid. And I was like, I got to seek out things so I can have stories to tell and all this, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I look back on that time and I realized like, wow, uh, I was, I was, a uh, both miserable in terms of just like not having fun, but also just miserable in terms of just like, who wants to be around that guy? Who wants to be, should I ever have grandchildren or children of my own? <laughs> they will be. They will be God sent that that their uh, uh, this old person around them is not boring them with endless stories because I already know I don't have any. And unfortunately, like for for folks like you and me, like the the things that happen to us that we do think is really, really interesting and really, really noteworthy is just like watching paint dry for other folks. Oh, for sure. You're asking what I've been up to, like. One of not only the highlights of this week, but one of the highlights of of my life happened recently, where like I got to participate in a Q and A after a documentary, <laughs> and no one else gives a shit. But like that was a fun, like oh my gosh, like that was exquisite for me. Uh, but other people's like crazy, like this was the craziest time in my life stories or them being involved in like high speed police chases or like rock climbing. Uh, my exciting, like, Oh my God, you'll never believe this. I got asked to talk about a documentary. <laughs> oh, you'll never believe it's a documentary about video stores. You'll never believe it. <laughs> I got to go up and sit in front of a good 38 people and hey. talk about like how important it was that there's still businesses where you can get VHS tapes. And that was riveting for me. I was so <sighs> stoked for it and I couldn't sleep the night afterwards. Like, I was buzzing about it. And, uh, with the exception of the other person I'm talking to right now, uh, no one cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, but, but you know that. Yes, I know that, and I'm happy with it. I don't, I don't want more out of life. I don't, uh, I don't think I'm missing out. Uh, uh, I, I enjoy uh, this, uh, this fun or lack of fun that <laughs> I get to participate in. However, you want to look at it. Uh, yeah, 
uh, I'm I'm happiest. Uh, I've been having a good week because of that, and like uh, this this show that you're listening to, folks. Like I edited a few episodes of it. Like ah, I feel really good. It? Can you <laughs> can you believe it? Yeah, uh, and that's, uh, folks. We only get we only get one one go round on this great big spinning ball of dirt, and uh, I say that you uh, make peace with the fact that you're boring. Yeah, uh, you know, make make peace with the fact that. Your life, if you're listening to this, certainly, it's not all that interesting. And that's okay. Not all drinks that you have have to be, like, wonderful cocktails with umbrellas. Like, it's okay to just drink water. (laughs) And I... I love water. I love water. uh, And my life, uh, and the the big noteworthy events in my life are, like, are, are big... Ice waters compared to other people's like vodka martinis, and yeah, I'm okay and with that. If all you drank were crazy cocktails, well, you would surely die. Yes, you you would you would surely perish. That this sounds like a lot. True. I love a water. I got, a, the... I got an herbal pineapple tea here, and I'm I'm in hog heaven. We uh, one of the things that happened to me, and we're going to talk about this on a future podcast. Was like <laughs> on paper, it sounds really exciting. On paper, you hear about this, and you're like, oh man, I bet that was a lot of fun. Uh, I went to the Philippines for a month. Uh, what did I do there? I saw a bunch of Filipino movies in Filipino theaters. I did the same shit I do in America but there. And I was I was in a hog heaven. I was so excited. Uh, and so, you know, and I'm okay with that. We are uh we were talking about Spider-Man earlier. Kevin and I are the people that if we got bit by radioactive spiders, we would use our powers to like to close the door whenever we're sitting, whenever we're on our way out of a room, we wouldn't fight crime, and and we're happy with that. Yeah, that's a, that's okay. You know, if everybody's running around being Spider Men, well, no one's walking on the ground to appreciate it. I'm so. <laughs> exactly. There need to be people that have to get saved by Spider Men, and that's you. <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> And we'll we'll come back next time on Kevin to talk, <laughs> talk a little bit more about something Absolutely. like that. Yeah.